0: Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel podcast, a podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical and other trends in the field. In this episode, we're going to dive into the Structural Engineering Engagement and Equity Project, also known as SE3, a project focused on attracting and retaining the best talent into the structural engineering profession and ensuring all structural engineers have a clear pathway to success in their careers. We'll be talking with two volunteers that have been heavily involved with SE3, Danny Paxson, project director at Holmes Consulting, and Nick Scherro-Groves, senior engineer with Arup. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Fasano, a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers build their core or soft skills. And my co host is Matthew Picardle, also a licensed engineer practicing structural engineering in California with an undergraduate degree from Cal Poly Pomona and an MS in structural engineering from UC San Diego. Matt also hosts the YouTube channel Structural Engineering Life, through which he is focused on promoting the structural engineering profession to engineering students and young professionals that are not familiar with the industry perspective. And if you are trying to spread the word about structural engineering, share some of Matt's videos. They're getting a ton of traction on YouTube, and it's an easy way for us to get the word out there about structural engineering. Before we get started with today's episode, this podcast is free, and our sponsors help us keep it free. We ask you to please support them. And now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, CSI. Computers and Structures, Inc. is recognized globally as the pioneering leader in software tools for structural and earthquake engineering. Software from CSI is used by thousands of engineering firms in over 160 countries for the design of major projects. CSI's software is backed by more than four decades of research and development, making it the trusted choice of sophisticated design professionals everywhere. Listen up later in the show, where I'll tell you more about their great software packages and how they can help you. We also want to give a shout out to the Structural Engineering Institute, SEI of ASCE. SEI is a dynamic community of more than 30,000 members from around the world advancing and serving structural engineering while influencing change on broader issues that shape the entire civil engineering community. Gain technical, professional, and leadership experience by participating in your local SEI chapter or graduate student chapter at an SEI conference or through SEI committee efforts. All right, now I'd like to introduce our guest briefly before we dive into the interview here. This SE3 project is really interesting, and I really think that every engineering discipline and industry should focus on something like this. But as you'll see in this interview, it requires a tremendous amount of time from a lot of volunteers, and we're about to speak with two of them. Firstly, Danny Paxson is a practicing structural engineer and project director with Holmes Consulting. Prior to joining Holmes in New Zealand in early 2019, Danny practiced as a structural engineer in Los Angeles, California. She is a licensed professional and structural engineer in the state of California, a U.S. LEED-accredited professional, and a U.S. DBIA professional with 25 years of experience. She served on the Executive Board of Directors for U.S.-based Women in Construction Operations, was an active member of the U.S. National Council of Structural Engineers Association, Structural Engineering Engagement and Equity Committee of NCSEA, among many other extracurricular efforts. We're also going to speak with Nick Cheryl groves Nick is a senior engineer with the San Francisco Office of Arup, where he's worked since he graduated with his master's degree from Berkeley in 2010. He is a former co-chair of both the SEANC and the NCSEA SE3 committees and was instrumental in the creation and distribution of the 2018 national SE3 survey, as well as working with his co-chair to develop and execute both committee's work plans. All right, let's jump right in and dive into this SE3 project. Now we're excited to welcome two guests onto the Structural Engineering Channel podcast today. Danny Paxson and Nick Sherrow-Groves. Danny and Nick, welcome to the Structural Engineering Channel. Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: We gave both of you a brief introduction already for our listeners, but we'd like to hear from you in your own words about kind of what you're working on today,
2: you know, what you're focused on in your career. Danny, why don't we start with you? So I started my career in Southern California. I practiced there for about 25 years. And in the last Five to eight years got pretty involved in the discussion around diversity and inclusion in the structural engineering profession. In the last 10 months, I've actually relocated myself to New Zealand. So I'm now based in Auckland where I'm practicing here for a local organization and I've brought that passion with me. So I'm still practicing structural engineering and it's much like I used to do in the US. Lots of things are the same, some things are different. But what I'm finding now is that at this point in my career and given this big change, I'm inspired to do more in that space around diversity and inclusion and engagement. So I'm a little bit more focused on that, a little bit more focused on the people side of the business um, and trying to bring some of what I've learned and what we're doing in the U.S. over here to New Zealand. Cultures are really similar. So it's been really exciting for me to just transfer that knowledge and transfer that passion over to the work I'm doing here. So I'm focused a lot on mentorship, diversity, connecting people, how we can improve the business side of our business, along with some of your still traditional structural engineering roles that I've practiced in the past.
0: Had you had international experience before this move, or is this your first international?
2: No, I hadn't done a lot of international travel, but hadn't worked internationally or lived internationally until now. So this was a big change. It was a leap.
0: How about you, Nick?
1: I have worked in California, actually, at the same firm, same side of the same floor of the same office building for about nine and a half years now. And uh, I've been practicing structural engineering the whole time, I just kind of classic building work. But in the past few years, my focus has uh, shifted. I've been working more with structural art and working, uh, trying to develop the work that we do with artists, uh, mainly kind of big public art projects. In 2016, I believe, I led the local version of the SE3 project um, along with Andy Summer. And we led the San Francisco version, the Northern California version, and then were the two founding co-chairs of the NCSEA, the national version. And so I've been involved in the SE3 project for quite a number of years now. In the past year or so, I took a step back to give myself time to recover from leading the project for about two and a half years. But yeah, I've been, been involved for a long time. And one of the things that I'm really interested in now in the recent past is I'm starting to move into management at my firm. So one of the things that I've been really interested in is trying to apply the lessons that I've learned over the years working with SE3 into the professional environment. And using all those things I've learned about retention and satisfaction and how to ensure their employees are satisfied and ensure that uh, benefits are equitably distributed and trying to use all those lessons to make our group and our firm a better place to work.
3: Let's jump into the SE3 project. I mean, I first heard of it during one of our Cios organizations, and then I even took a survey. So for those of our listeners that aren't too familiar with it, what is the initiative the project?
1: It started in 2015 It was founded by Rose McClure and Natalie T. Uh, Rose is actually the chair this year of the National Committee. It was founded originally to conduct a survey to understand the state of the industry, specifically related to women in structural engineering. And it's kind of expanded over the years. We've conducted two surveys. We conducted one in 2016 and uh, one in 2018. One of the 2016 one was conducted out of the local chapter and the 2018 one conducted nationally. The second survey got around 3,200 respondents. And so what we tried to do is synthesize that data, understand the issues that are facing structural engineers of many demographics, any demographic in the United States, and then try and improve that situation. So the survey is kind of meant to understand the state of the industry. And then our national chapter is also promoting the creation of local SE3 chapters to try and create change on a local level. And the way that that's done is through uh, kind of awareness-raising presentations. We present about our results all across the country. I mean, we've done dozens and dozens, if not a 100-plus presentations over the past few years of our results. And we've also been getting more and more into mentorship programs. Um, I know that the San Francisco chapter has been heavily involved in development of mentorship programs to try and... Because our survey results have shown that uh, mentorship has great effect on both satisfaction and retention in our industry. And so it's something that shows a lot of promise and a lot of benefit on the local level. In summary, we're trying to ensure that the benefits of structural engineering are equitably distributed, and we're doing so by understanding it via the survey and then trying to implement by creating local chapters all across the country.
0: So, Danny, we hear Nick talk a little bit about the survey, some of the data... Maybe you can talk a little bit more about the information you're trying to get and how you think it might be useful and really who you're getting it from. How are you reaching out to people? How are you getting people to do the survey or how did you get people to survey?
2: Might be worth just coming back to what the. So Nick described the mission, the goals of the project. And one of the ways that we sort of characterize that is to say that what we're trying to do is, it's going to sound really simple, but we're simply put, trying to attract and retain the best talent in the structural engineering industry. And we're trying to make sure that every single engineer has equal access to success. And the thing about those two statements is that retention and success each have a lot to unpack when you start looking at what that means, what retention means for an organization, what has people stay, what has them consider leaving all of those influences, and then what is it that success means for individuals and what does it mean for organizations? So the data that we've collected and synthesized has led us to trends which help us identify some of what supports those two things, retention and success. So we ask questions around why people find the structural engineering profession satisfying, um, what it is about their current employer that they find satisfying, what do they find frustrating, Have they considered leaving and for what reasons? What is success for them? So through the analysis of the data, we're able to identify trends that tell us a lot about those things. And we can correlate different trends and start looking at them, presenting them, talking about them to try to sort of figure out what sits behind those two sort of drivers that we're interested in. That's a little bit about what we're after. Who took it and how did we get to them? it was taken by as nick said around the last survey the 2018 survey we got responses back from i think it was just over 3100 respondents across the country coast to coast because this project started in california it does tend to have a center of mass in terms of number of respondents coming from california but so does the population of california so it's not disproportionate to the you know numbers of people that live on the west coast but initially it was via word of mouth that we distributed the survey and also through outreach to other NCSEA member organizations across the country, colleagues, friends, just spreading the word. Worth noting that this survey goes out to anybody that we can get our hands on. And basically, we're reaching out through you know, any venue that is recognized that we think is worth reaching out through. And so that means that the people who respond are people who are interested in responding to the survey. We aren't explicitly targeting certain demographics not regionally, not based on socioeconomic age, gender, anything else. We just reach out across the country and hope to get back a pretty good representation of the cross-section of our society. And generally speaking, we think we have that. I think we could do better, but um, we're getting pretty good responses from sort of across the board in a bunch of different demographic classifications.
0: Have you seen an experience level that has responded at a much higher rate than other experience levels like students or younger, recent graduates? Has any one of them hopped out in terms of one that's been much more responsive or, or is it fairly distributed?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, we know that statistically speaking, people under the age of 35 are more likely to respond to surveys. So we're getting a lot of people under the age of 35 responding
1: online surveys.
2: Thank you. Yes, online surveys. So, a lot of our respondents come from that age demographic. And so, that's going to correspond to level of experience as well. But the promising thing is that we're also getting really strong response from senior level practicing structural engineers, including at the principal ownership level. That's been really good because we've got every single experience level well represented in our survey pool. But we do lean heavily toward the younger and therefore, you know, people with fewer years of experience, that group of people.
1: Proportions were roughly equal. I think we had four or five uh, groups and they were equally distributed all years, including 21% of our respondents were principals in the first survey and like 19 in the second survey, something around there, around 20%. So we've been quite satisfied with the even distribution among the grades of people that we've gotten to respond to our survey.
3: So you got all this great data from different demographics. How do you plan to use this to help the profession?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It's the thing that we've been thinking about a lot as we develop from an organization that founded with a lot of enthusiasm to understand what's going on. And we're in our fourth or fifth year, depending on how you count it. And we keep getting questions of like, okay, well, how are you going to use this data? How are you going to prove that what you're doing is making change? And I can't say that we've necessarily gotten the perfect answer to that. Because it's a, it's a societal problem. It's a large issue that we're trying to confront to try and ensure that. The benefits of structural engineering are equitably distributed. That's a big task, and that's a you know a generational task. And so often the way that we're measuring success and the the ways that we're trying to make change, as I was saying previously in my introduction, we're trying to make change more on a local level because you're much more able to make change within your own community. A lot of what we've discovered in terms of how we build our networks and how we build the effectiveness of our organization is through community and through the communities that have been built by the various people who are participating in c 3 The main thing that I'd just like to point to, again, is the mentoring thing. That is a specific thing that we found in our survey. I used to know the statistics off the top of my head, but people without mentors are significantly more likely to consider leaving the industry. They're significantly more likely to be less satisfied. And so we... On the local level, have promoted the creation of mentorship programs, and the San Francisco chapter of SE3 has done a great job in doing that. They've done several speed mentoring events to kind of just bring people in contact, quick contact, with people uh, with more experience than them to talk to them about the industry and about how to succeed within it. But one thing that is kind of the gold standard of mentorship programs is the long-term mentorship program, and our San Francisco chapter started that about. Six or eight months ago, I've been participating in in it and really enjoying it. I've been mentoring a younger engineer and having really excellent conversations about her career. She went through a a big career transition recently, switched firms from a much smaller firm to a much larger firm. And so kind of creating those contacts and enabling people to have more experienced people to discuss their career with. I think that that is a a really specific good example of, of the kind of change that we can make in local organizations. In local areas, rather. But that's kind of a specific example of the larger concept, which is trying to spread awareness of the work that we're doing, of the results of the survey that we have that are showing a wage gap within an industry and between men and women, that are showing the distribution of who is caregiving within, between men and women, that are showing the lack of women and people of color in leadership, trying to make sure that those results are as available as possible and then implementing that on the local level into things like mentorship that help to improve some of these things.
3: I only had uh, one comment on that because um, part of the ASCE chapter and we do have a long-term mentorship program and I've personally involved in that and to see that one specifically for structural engineering, I think uh, you know, we have it every year and we have a lot of very good turnout. So just seeing that can come out of uh, the SE3 program I think that's a great uh, step.
1: Yeah, I'm really hopeful that it's going to make some good change.
3: Danny,
0: maybe you could talk a little bit about what has come out to date. Like, when was the last kind of survey results published? Are they available to public or structural engineers out there? And maybe where can they find that information if it's available?
2: So far, as we've mentioned, we've launched two surveys, one in 2016, one in 2018, the 2016 survey report has been published and is readily available as has a 2016 pay data report. So what we did from the 2016 data is we went back and resliced the data related to compensation and took a deeper dive into that because there was a lot of discussion around that, a lot of interest in understanding that a little bit better stemming from the identification of a gender pay gap. So not unlike other industries, we noticed that here, and it triggered us to to dig into that a little further. So each of those reports, the 2016 survey report and the 2016 pay data report are really informative and very relevant, even though they're based on 2016 data. And so those are available. The 2018 survey report is due to be published any day now. So it will come out this year. I don't have an exact date on that, but we're really close to it. And that's coming out shortly. Meanwhile, we're in the process of developing our 2020 survey because this will be a biennial survey. So that's in the works. We're also gearing up for the SE3 half-day symposium at the NCSEA Structural Engineering Summit in just a couple of weeks in Anaheim. That's a big deal because it's the first ever SE3 symposium in conjunction with the National Council of Structural Engineers Association. So that's pretty exciting. There'll be a few speakers there. In terms of where to find this stuff, there's two places that are really easy to get to. So se3committee.com, no spaces or dashes or dots. So just SE and then the number three, committee.com, will take your listeners to the NCSEA SE3 landing page where they'll find all of that information. And se3project.org is another source. That one takes you directly to the Northern California SIONC chapter landing page, which has similar information and a bunch of additional stuff. That's where this project started. So there's a lot of good stuff there that you might not find just yet on the NCSEA page. But anyway, those are two points of reference for the information that's been published and information that's yet to come. And there's a lot more there, especially on the se3project.org. Landing page, lots of great resources and references.
0: It will be, I think, really interesting to see the data, especially as you, you know, multiple reports start to come out. Now, the third one's going to be, or the third survey is going to be conducted in 2020. So it will be interesting to see the differences, of course, and how time maybe affects it. And I think also as organizations start to become more aware of some of these gaps and some programs, as Nick kind of alluded to, whether it's through SC3 or other organizations, programs are put in place. Be interesting to see if some change is getting driven. So I think that that's great hearing all that. And I hope our listeners will take a look at that information.
3: I personally went through it and it's actually has been brought up in, in my office. So what the important thing is that, you know, the, these topics are being brought up in the structural engineering industry and especially as engineers with data to back. So it's great to have these conversations going on at least in the office and even in the higher levels our principals you know kind of discussing it and these types of topics for the structural engineers that are out there that that want to help out how can they help out
1: There's a ton of things to do <laughs> it depends on where you're located in San Francisco I know that our local chapter is always looking for people to help out with their local projects and among them this mentorship thing that I keep talking about at the national level, uh, we are gearing up to do the survey next year, as Danny mentioned, and so there's a ton of work to revise the survey and make sure that we're getting as efficient of use as possible as all the questions that we ask. I think that the survey was around 20 minutes this year, and we'd like to bring it down, so just trying to understand how that works and revise the survey. We're also working at the national level on topic-by-topic analyses of the individual topics that are particularly interesting to people, retention. I think that uh, someone was just working on a caregiving on a study of who in our survey was doing the caregiving and who had a caregiver to support them at home. So if you're interested in kind of data analysis, that's something that you can really easily participate in. If you're among the more uh, gregarious uh, or outgoing people, we're also Natalie T. is leading an effort to bring SE3 chapters to other areas of the country, in addition to just Northern California and Chicago and New York, LA, places like that. So if you're interested in working on that effort, there's also work to be done, basically doing outreach, uh, making sure that people know what we're doing and know how they can build their own SE3 committee in their own local organization. Danny, am I missing anything? I feel like those are the big ways to participate.
2: There's all, all different forms of outreach. Outreach is really important to this project. And it really underpins what we're trying to do, which is spur conversations and continue this conversation. So the more people that know about this, the better. And there are lots of ways we're trying to reach out. There's website development. We're working on development of a blog, newsletters. If people are really interested in presenting either through webinars or live in person at various events or wherever at local offices, really anybody who's keen to listen. (laughs) We'd love to have people who are interested in presenting the material. And it's really easy to digest and absorb. And and it doesn't take a lot to become comfortable with the content. And it's a great way to just kind of get your feet wet anyway and learn about it. So those are just a few of the other things that, that we're focused on and trying to do. This is powered by a group of really incredible human beings who are also structural engineers and are quite busy and generally speaking working full-time or a good portion of their time. So it's a massive volunteer effort. So the more you know, people power we have behind that, the more effective we'll be and the better the word will spread across the country.
0: It is amazing seeing what's been done on this project as a volunteer project uh, between going to the website and reports and, and everything. It's really awesome. Last question for both of you, and maybe Danny, you can go first on this one. In your own career, from your own professional development standpoint or engagement in your career, what has this project kind of meant to your career in terms of working on it? How has it been beneficial or how has it helped you in your career? Maybe each of you can kind of end on that.
2: That could be a two-hour answer. I will try to make it a five-minute answer. I want to first acknowledge that. The reason that I'm involved in this is because of Nick and Angie, who he also mentioned. So they were the two co-chairs the year that I got myself involved. And I was quite skeptical about the work that had been done. I just It was the first ever survey like this that had been launched nationally in the United States for structural engineers specifically. And I was so impressed with the work that they did and the way in which they called the data, presented the findings, I mean, it, it was not only meaningful and informative, but the graphics were beautiful and clear and easy to digest. And that was a turning point for me when I heard that webinar, listened to that webinar and, and started to get involved. I realized that this was incredibly important work. And I feel that way today that things have changed for me since I got involved in SE3. This whole idea of what it means to be engaged, what it means to be a diverse business, an inclusive business, these are things that I hadn't given a lot of thought to until about five or six years ago. I'm a woman practicing structural engineering, but I've never identified as a female structural engineer. I've just, most of my career identified as a structural engineer. And until I became more aware of this conversation... I didn't realize that I had faced my own challenges, that things were different for me and that they might be different for other women and other demographics that are less represented in our industry. I would say that if I had to capture this in one word, it's awareness. I feel like I'm on this new learning curve that will never end. SE3 is a huge part of that. It's triggered me to want to learn more, it's helping me gather that data and understand things better. I think I'm a more effective manager for it. I think I'm more empathetic as a human being because of it. I have a better awareness just in general, you know, functioning in the business world and specifically in the structural engineering profession because of what I'm learning and will continue to learn through SE3. The awareness has been huge. The mechanism for learning more and understanding people more because it's the people side that I'm super interested in these days. That has just been invaluable to me.
1: How about you, Nick? It's good to hear that speeches that Angie and I gave had some converts. I like to hear that. I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this project over the years. And uh, and it's always good to hear that it's had an effect. I feel a lot of those similar things that Danny's been feeling about the way that this has changed my perspective. You know, I think awareness is one word for it. I feel like that particular word is thrown around a lot insofar as people believe that just creating awareness is enough. That there's this idea that that if people just know about a thing, then they will change. And to a certain extent, that's not true. And to a certain extent, people can go to a webinar and then leave the next day. But at least for me, that awareness, that understanding of how our industry and how our world treats women and people of color is something that that has really been revolutionary for me. I mean, I feel like it has really changed the way that I look at the work that I do. It's changed the way, especially in terms of like management and interaction with the people. It's changed the way that I look at how our industry is run, how it's structured in terms of uh, the power dynamics and the people who are in charge. There's something to be said that, that awareness is not enough. I also do think that if people are actually taking these things into account, if they're really getting into the data, getting into and understanding the implications that that data has for their lives and for their colleagues, there's really transformative benefits that you can get from understanding how the industry works. And I think that Danny and I are both great examples of that because I I really have tried to take this work and this better understanding of the dynamics of our industry into the way that I manage the people that I'm managing and, and to the way that I interact with all the various people that I interact with. I think that understanding all of that is a really profound insight into functioning of the world. And, you know, when it comes down to it, that's what structural engineering and engineering in general is all about, is is trying to understand how the world works and to come up with a practical and effective way of solving the problems that exist within it. And, you know, I think that that's a lot of what we're doing. We're trying to understand how the kind of social dynamics work within our industry and come up with practical and effective ways to improve it. And so I've certainly taken that lesson from SE3 and brought it in as much as I can into my my career and into the way that I work.
0: Volunteer work is great. And in my opinion, it's something that I think every engineer should be involved with in some way, shape or form to kind of give back to the community. But what you are both working on with this SE3 project, it's obvious that it's not only a lot of work, but it has tremendous amount of value and can really shape the industry going forward in terms of what the data will make people aware of and then how it can maybe even affect actions in a positive way. So I'm glad Matt found both of you and you were able to come on and and share this information. I think it's going to be helpful for people out there that maybe aren't aware of it, that can get involved with it. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to visit with us. And and we'll certainly keep in touch with both of you so that we can provide some updates to our listeners from time to time and certainly ask them to maybe
1: get involved where they can. Absolutely. That would be awesome. There's so much ambition to do so many things and only so many people hours in the world. So The more people we have, the more change we can make.
2: And if any of those people wanted to do it from New Zealand, I'm a good person to connect with over here. At the moment, I feel like I'm starting from where Nick and Angie and the others started from a few years ago. So I'm happy to chime in and help support this. I'm going to continue to support this project from afar as it happens in the U.S. And I'm trying to get some movement here in New Zealand as well.
0: Danny, Nick, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Structural Engineering Channel podcast. We wish you the best in your careers and, of course, the SE3 project. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode today in learning about the SE3 project. And really what I hope is that you'll get involved in some way, shape, or form. There's certainly plenty of ways to do that, as you heard Danny and Nick describe. Now, before we wrap up today, I would like to once again recognize and thank our sponsor for today's episode, CSI. CSI produces five primary software packages, SAP 2000, CSI Bridge, ETABS, SAFE, and Perform3D. Each of these programs offers unique capabilities and tools that are tailored to different types of structures and problems, allowing users to find just the right solution for their work. SAP 2000 is intended for use on civil structures, such as dams, communication towers, stadiums, and industrial plants. CSI Bridge offers powerful parametric design of concrete and steel bridges. ETABS has been developed specifically for multi-story commercial and residential building structures the SAFE system provides an efficient and powerful program for the analysis and design of concrete slabs and foundations with or without post-tensioning. Perform3D is a highly focused nonlinear tool offering powerful performance-based design capabilities. With CSI products, you can be confident that you have the finest structural engineering software available, backed by a company with an unmatched record of innovation and an unrivaled commitment to meet the ever-evolving needs of the profession. You can learn more about them at www.csiamerica.com. We'd love to hear your feedback from any of the episodes. You can go to structuralengineeringchannel.com. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the past episodes, resources, or other websites that we mentioned along the way. Until next time, we wish you the best in all of your structural engineering endeavors.